0: I'm trying to make these episodes a lot, lot longer for you guys. I think it's really important that I dive into the actual details of what I want to talk about. Instead of having these daily five-minute podcasts, I think it's definitely much better doing the hour-long... For 45 minutes to an hour-long episodes, Like I get to talk about it in so much more detail. And it's definitely more preferable. And so... In this episode, we're going to be talking about understanding your market, how to find underpriced attention, I'm going to use the music industry and the travel industry as examples, but obviously you can apply it to pretty much anything, why I'm absolutely loving Facebook ads, how I'm getting attention, uh, wh- and also, as well as talk about underpriced attention, I want to talk about ambitions, like is the sky really the limit? So I'm going to be talking about how I grew up, what I was brought up to believe financially, why I set my ambitions really high, and because I just think it's really important that we have these conversations. A lot of the future episodes will be, I say a lot, a portion of the future episodes will be slightly controversial. I'll be talking about topics which a lot of people don't want to talk about, but I'm not afraid to. And so, yeah. It's definitely going to be a great, great episode. I haven't even recorded it yet, but like I can even tell right now. like My energy is fire. And so I really, really hope you enjoy it. It's episode 145. If you haven't already, uh, f- subscribe to the podcast and make sure that you share it with your friends if you like it. And remember, if you decide to leave a review on iTunes or any other site, just screenshot it, send it to my email which is in the description of this episode, and I'll make sure to give you some love. Enjoy episode 145. want to be known as one of the, the biggest and best hip-hop artists out there. You take small opportunities turn the big ones, that's where it all happens. Map out your future. Get out of their comfort zone and achieve what they want to achieve. Let's go! So one thing that I want to start introducing in this podcast series, it's like a Q&A at the end of each episode. I think that it will be really interesting answering questions from you guys. I actually got a couple of uh, questions from a few of my Instagram followers for this episode. But like, if you ever have any questions, feel free to send them in an email to Matt at the Lily White organization organization.com and yeah chances are I'll probably feature it in an episode it can be literally anything so whether it's how to market your music brand, how to get to the next stage in your career of whatever industry you're in or even dating advice like admittedly right now I'm single but you know like the coach doesn't play as Uh, Some sporting guy said, that's really terrible. I don't know what the exact quote is, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm pretty good at giving advice most of the time. So if you have any questions about literally anything, or you want to ask me something, like, I am totally down to do it. So yeah, like, one thing which I'm really focusing on right now is underpriced attention. Because I see so many, obviously as you guys know, I'm in the music industry quite a bit. And I see a lot of guys trying to go and get attention in really saturated places and it annoys the shit out of me. Literally, they will try and get into these big, 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 big Spotify playlists which everybody is trying to get into. And they're not looking in unconventional places, they're not looking, right, okay, cool, if they're able to get 3 million streams from that one playlist, that's cool, like, fair enough. But where can they also generate attention towards their music, their music brand? Like, there are so many places. And so, yeah, in this episode, we're going to be talking about underpriced attention. And also, like, is the sky really the limit? One of my favourite books is The Art of War, a quote from it is that you should attack him where he is unprepared and appear where you are not expected. I think you have to understand your market, the market you are in, because a lot of producers, they are unprepared when it comes to marketing, especially on self-releases, guys you need to step up your game. Um, literally like they'll say to themselves right I want to get 100,000 on SoundCloud 100,000 on Spotify and I'm good and then if that goes to shit they don't have a backup plan and so they are just completely unprepared whilst if you're thinking ahead of the game if you're thinking outside of the box you're thinking of loads of different ways to get attention towards your music brand. Like literally you can run Facebook ads against people who listen to electronic music and Spotify. I am giving you the details right here. Um let's say I don't know thirteen to thirty two, just a random example as an age range. Living in Europe, North America and Oceania. So basically you're getting like France, Germany, UK, Canada US, Australia, New Zealand, those types of places. Great, great markets. Um, and literally running ads of your Spotify single against those people, people in the New- 99% of people scroll right past it. That's just how it is. You've got to accept it. But then that 1%, like, if you're able to get 5,000 streams a day from a fucking Facebook ad, like, you'll do pretty well. Like, run it for a month, you'll be getting 100,000 plays easy. And so, you've got to be thinking outside the box a lot. You've got to be thinking, right, these producers are all trying to get their music in these playlists because that's the only way that they think that they can obtain streams. When in reality, there's lots of different ways, like, You could even approach Instagram influencers, so meme pages, uh, music curation pages on Instagram and stuff. Getting them to create an Instagram story. Let's say they have a million followers, right, for the sake of numbers. And they do a swipe up directly to the Spotify link. Again, most people scroll right past it in their stories. Scroll, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, but some people will still click it and like if they've got a million followers, chances are you'll get a few thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand streams from that easy. And so I think you've got to be really mindful. You've got to think, right, how can I drive attention from one place to another? How will I get from A to B? And I think that's something which people just don't think about. They just think about the conventional ways of doing things when in reality there's just so many other things that they can do. I'll give you another example, actually. Uh, Vlogs, right? Let's say, because a lot of these music producers, they put their music on promotional channels like Trap Nation, Mr. Suicide Cheap. And if they get 200,000 views, 500,000 views on their track, they're like, oh my god, everybody loves my song. What the fuck was that accent? Um, you- anyway, you get the idea. But like, what if you approach vloggers, uh, influencers on YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, and literally offer your music for them to use in their content? Like, a lot of the time I've done it, and they include the Spotify link or your social links in the description of that video, and let's say you're getting, I don't know, 20 influencers who agree to use your song. Let's say you email 200 and 20 say yeah, right? And each one gets 50,000 views on YouTube. That's a million plays on your song, I think. 20 times 50. Yeah, um, 50, yeah, a million plays on your song. like That's pretty damn good. And obviously, if they're putting the Spotify link, the Apple Music link, or your Facebook link in the description, most people will ignore it, but like, you'll get a few fans from it, easily. I know actually quite a few people who got, uh, like, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, KSI, like, big big names to use their music, and they ended up generating thousands of followers just from that one music feature. Like, it's absolutely incredible what you can do. It's like, I used to play GTA a lot on the PS4, like, I used to be really into gaming. And I'd put on the radio station, and I'd see a song on the radio on GTA that I really, really love. So I'd go and check that song out on Spotify, or I'd search their name up into YouTube or whatever. And because of that music feature, which GTA did for that artist, myself and thousands, possibly millions of other people, were checking out those artists on external platforms. And it's a pretty similar concept, you know? Like, at the end of the day, they're just raising awareness to your song. And if you're doing that with as supplemental to the main promotion, then what's the harm? Like, at the end of the day... It'll take you 5-10 hours, but, which is a lot of time. I appreciate that. But there is a good chance that you are fucking around for at least 5-10 to 10 hours a week. Watching Netflix, going out with your friends, getting drunk, whatever. And so if you just allocated your time to be a little bit more efficient, because if you actually want to be successful, you will. Instead of making excuses, you will find time. So don't give me any of that I don't have any time bullshit. Um, but like, if you want to be successful, you will find the time and you will make sure that you work hard enough to actually achieve your dreams. Because there isn't really anything stopping you unless your music is crap. Like, so many producers think that they'll just create good music and... People will naturally find it because it's good, when in reality, that's just not how it is. Like, as nice as it would be, that's Dreamland, that's a fairy tale. And so, as well as making good music, you either need to have the promotional skills to do it yourself, or the marketing skills, or you just need to find someone and pay them to do it for you. Because if you're wanting to spend 60, 70 hours a week making music, chances are you may not want to do it. And so chances are you'll just find someone else to do it for you who already has those connections, those relationships. And either one is totally fine. Like, do you. Do what you want to do. But I'm just telling you that just pulling good music out there and hoping for the best, crossing your fingers and holding your breath is not the way to go. It's just not. And so, yeah, you've got to understand your market. You've got to understand where the underpriced attention is. You've got to understand, like, how can you get it? And you just literally got to list many, many different ways how to get it. Like, right now, if I were you, whilst listening to this episode, I'd create a mind map or a list, even on your iPhone, like on notes or something. That's how I schedule my day. Um, and literally say, right, music industry... Where are all the places that a song can get attention in the world? And so it'd be like Vlog, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. uh, Getting people who have their content regularly featured on big pages like Unilad. That would be a good one. You get the idea. You've just got to literally find where the attention is and try and deploy your entire artist brand against absolutely everywhere. Now, you may disagree with me. You may be like, but Matt, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that kind of thing. Spotify's working out great for me. I'm already making 50000 a year from my music career. I'm happy. And do you know what? Good for you. I'm proud of you. But at the end of the day, making 75000 for a couple of extra hours of work a week compared to 50000 is probably a good idea. Because if you're able to get big people to use your music in your, to use your music in their videos. And that just gives you leverage. It helps increase your social following, which then gives you even more leverage because then you'll probably get better shows if you're doing shows or DJing or whatever. Like, it just snowballs into many other things, which does lead to extra revenue. And so, yes, you do have to make sure that your artist brand is absolutely everywhere. Because, like... It is all well and good making fifty thousand a year from your music career just from Spotify streams and whatever the fuck else you're doing. But I don't know about you, but I think most people would rather make seventy five thousand doing a little bit extra work a week in order to make that extra twenty five. Like it's just basic maths, you know. And so yeah, like one of the things that I'm personally doing to get attention is I generated a lot of media contacts. So, for example, Vice, Complex, um, Fast Company, who else? Basically, uh, Forbes, like, writers, journalists, big, big outlets. And literally, over the next few months, like, this is so weird, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but you will see me featured there because... I took the time to generate relationships I know where the attention is. And ultimately, if I can say that I've been featured in Fast Company, Vice, Complex, Forbes, so many, so many amazing outlets, also in the EDM industry, com, Your EDM, Billboard, whatever the fuck else, then that just gives me a lot of leverage when... Uh, For example, if I want to get into public speaking, I can say, well, these guys have written about me, I can have a much higher fee than what I'd charge if they didn't write about me. Because it's like that social proof, that social credibility. And so, yeah, if I'm able to get myself featured in those types of places, those types of outlets, and yes, I 100% think that it would be great for getting attention, both offline and online. But also, like... I'm doing a lot of stuff with influencers. Like, you'll see a lot of them come on the podcast very, very soon. Uh, Athletes, reality stars, musicians, rappers, you get the idea. But basically, literally everywhere that I plan to travel to, I'm creating relationships with people in those areas, so people in Perth, Melbourne, Brisbane, Auckland, Bali, Singapore, Hong Kong, so many places which I'm going to be visiting. I have uh, people that I'm really close with who have hundreds of thousands of followers in each of those locations. And so when I'm creating content, when I'm in those areas, there is a very high chance that I'll be doing collabs with them in terms of content and things like that which therefore means that my audience gets to grow, I get to siphon some of their audience, bring it to mine, obviously, I get the attention, and I can use those collaborations as leverage for future ones. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like a pyramid. Basically, I'm just building the foundation and then building on top of it, building each layer, building it up until I am at the top of where I want to be. I mean, I don't know about you, but like that's one of the best things which you can possibly do. Obviously, that's an example in the travel industry, but for the music industry, let's say you're starting from zero, right? Because I think there's going to be quite a lot of people who see people like Marshmello, Dead Mouse, Chainsmokers, whatever, and. I'd and they're like, oh, I want to do that as a career. That would be awesome. And so recently they're like, right, I'm going to start being a music producer. And this time from zero. And as much as people hate to do it, like, I mean, some people love it. But I do think that collaborations are generally the best way to grow if you do not have an audience. Because at the end of the day, if you're able to collaborate with them, siphon some of their audience and bring it towards you, you'll just keep growing every single time. And sure, you are not going to get, unless you have amazing contacts, you are not going to get official remixes for the Chainsmokers on day one. It's just how it is. But, like, for your first, obviously supplement it with like original releases and whatever. But for your first collaboration, if you're starting at zero, just email 10, 20 people with a thousand followers and transfer a couple of them, say yes. You then get those collaborations sorted. And then you find people with 10,000 followers. Th- you do those collaborations. 50,000, you do those collaborations. And you keep building up and up and up. And ultimately, at the same time, you're growing your own social fan base. You're growing your own artist brand. releasing your own music. Because the more music you put out there, the better chance you have of creating a truly spectacular hit song. It's like... With baseball, uh, the more chances you swing the bat, the more chance you have of hitting a home run. It's exactly the same with music. Like the more music you put out, the better chance you have of creating hit singles. And so, yeah, you literally just keep building it up and up and up, using each previous collaboration as leverage for the next. Uh, Once you build, once you start collaborating with like bigger names, you start getting on bigger labels. That gives you the leverage to then. Uh, do official remixes for, like, big, big names, Um, if you want to get signed, it gives you that opportunity. Like, there's just so many things that you can do. you just got to literally find the attention and keep building on it. It's not going to happen in a week. It's not going to happen in a month. But over the course of a year, two years, three years, however, however the fuck long it takes you, like, you can definitely build a meaningful career for yourself from zero. And so, if I was a producer starting out right now, that's the way i go about doing it. Just constantly generating relationships, and using each collaboration, each feature, as leverage for the next one. Damn, that was a good piece of content. Um, I've got to definitely make that into a separate piece for Facebook. Anyway. Um... Yeah, well, I'm out of breath right now, jeez. Where's my... Have I got any water around here? I should have some water. Oh, I Yeah. Um... But, yeah, like... Growing up... I wouldn't say it was difficult, honestly. Like... I know people have a much harder upbringing than what I did. I definitely think that... I wouldn't say I was in a rich family in the slightest. I wasn't. But, like, I wasn't living in a shed with six family members in the middle of a crappy neighbourhood or anything like that. Like, at the end of the day, I'd say my upbringing was very middle class, I guess you could call it. Lower to middle class. Um, We had a three-bedroom house, lived in an OK suburb. Like it was alright. There was nothing to complain about in the slightest. I have a little brother called Ollie. Uh, my mum and dad they got divorced when I was like five or six. That was tough initially, but like it got okay after a couple of years. I ended up seeing my dad like once a fortnight pretty much every time since. I can't complain. But one thing that I was brought up to believe was that, like, making 15,000, 20,000 pounds a year, obviously I'm British, I'm using pounds, like, that was the standard. Because that's what my parents were making. And so I just ended up, until pretty recently, actually, I just ended up believing, like, that's all I'd ever amount to. And i got to be honest with you, like... It wasn't until I started paying attention to Zucks, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon, uh, Gary Vee, and like a lot of other people, I realised, holy shit, there is a big world out there. I, I can achieve much more than 15, 20,000 a year. like, Now, do not get me wrong, please. I- so many people will be thinking you're a fucking idiot, you're a dickhead. And, um... Don't get me wrong, if you are happy making fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand a year and you love what you do, honestly I am happy for you, please do not change a thing. But there is nothing wrong with that at all. But for me, like I just had a little bit bigger ambition. It's as simple as that. And so I saw like Elon, he wants to go to Mars, which is incredible, honestly. I saw people like him, Jeff Bezos, and was like, they say the sky is the limit, but there's so much more than just the sky, like, there's the moon, there's Mars, there's galaxies, there's the sun, there's a giant universe out there, and just saying the sky is the limit is just severely limiting you to what you can achieve in life, and so I was like, right, well, If the sky is 20,000, then what does that make the universe? And so from then, I just started thinking, right, what would... Ideally, in my ideal life, what would I like to achieve? Like, what would be absolutely insane? And so I was like, well, having my music played at a festival in front of thousands of people, I'd love to achieve that one day. Um... I'd also love to be in the top forty on i uh, iTunes and things like that would be insane um this was when I was like fifteen sixteen years old, like only four or five years ago. Ah, uh, what else did I think? I'd love to travel the world from my music career like. I think that the point in which I'm successful is when I'm getting paid to go to places like the US and whatever. And like, I started writing down at the time all these crazy things. All these incredible things which I thought like would take me years, decades to accomplish. When in reality, that was not the case. Because I was simply dreaming bigger than what I had originally planned. And so I thought, right, how can I get myself to start achieving these things? And so literally, this was around April or May of 2016, 2015, something around then. I thought, right, how can I get my music in the top forty? I literally, well, I remember actually doing this Wow, well, I went onto Spotify, I looked at some playlists, I went through my CD collection, and I must have contacted at least 100, 200 people, because I think I mentioned in the past episode, I put out a, at the time it wasn't released, I created a charity single called Beautiful for Cancer Research UK, raised about a thousand dollars. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but it was around a thousand. It did okay, considering it was my first track. Um, anyway, this was before that was released, and it was basically during the promotional planning of it. And I was like, right, I'm going to contact these 100, 200 people, and hopefully they'll appear on my track. And one of them said, yeah, that was it. One. But that's all it took. Literally one of my favourite artists who produced one of my favourite songs of all time said yes to remixing my track. And you have no idea how amazing I felt. I was on a high for at least three, four days. Um it was a guy by the name of Class, K-L-A-A-S. Be sure to give him some love on Facebook. He's a great guy. Um he produced Infinity 2008. I remember when that song was released with the Guru Josh Project. Rest in peace. I remember dancing to it in my bedroom. It goes like... It's just such a cool dance track. I apologise for the really terrible impression then. And... The thought that he said yes, like... I didn't know how to describe that feeling, that emotion. Because all it took was one yes. A hundred, two hundred people said no, but the fact that one person said yes to working with me, when I had literally zero projects to my name at the time, like, whoa. Um, and yeah, like, that's all it takes. Literally, you can go email 200 of your favourite vocalists, right? And if one of them says yes, then that's all it takes to kickstart your career. Because you can obviously use that as leverage to collaborate with more people in the future. Big, big people. And so, I did the... I sent him the track, he liked it, he did a remix, he sent it back... I remember I was in the car on the way home from West Key, which is like a shopping centre in Southampton. I was in the back seat, driving home. Uh, we'd just been to the Apple store, I think it was, something like that, and also out for dinner. And I remember then receiving this email from class, I was like, oh my god, this song File has a remix by my favourite producer. Of my song. As I put on my headphones. And I listened to it. And oh my god. I was crying in the car at the time. I was so emotional. It was crazy. So so crazy at the time. I was like whoa. And so. We ended up in the track out. It was released. I think it was like, in November December of that year? I think? Something like that. Uh, no, no. Uh, Anyway, whatever the hell it was. Um, actually, yeah. 3rd of December, I think. Anyway, whatever the hell the release date was. Um. Ended up being released and I got all my friends to download it on iTunes and I still have a sc- I think I mentioned this in the last episode. I still have a screenshot because I made it into the top 40 album charts for about 6 hours, but still. On iTunes, I was in the top 40 album charts above Ed Sheeran at one point, above James Bay... Actually... Hold Back the River by James Bay, I was above that and that ended up being one of my famous songs of that year. And literally being above Ed Sheeran, being above James Bay, Adele and so many other people was such an incredible feeling. And the only reason it happened was because I wasn't afraid to go out and achieve what I wanted to achieve. I knew that there wasn't a limit on what I could do, and that I could achieve literally anything I set my mind to, and ever since, I've had the exact same philosophy. Kanye West, he's a guy I respect quite a lot. Uh, Obviously, I like his music, I think he's a great, great musician, but also he's a pretty smart guy. And although, like, I may disagree with some of his politics and stuff that he believes... For the most part, I mean, we agree on some of that stuff, but like. Whatever he sets his mind to, he goes out and achieves, and I can respect that. And in a sense, like, me and Kanye are very very similar. We are not prepared to go out and fight for what we want to do, what we want to do, what we want to achieve. We're fearless and. I definitely see the similarities between us. Now, I'm only 19, so... There's a bit of an age gap, but maybe one day we'll get to meet up. And, yeah, like, if he is listening, let's make it happen. Anyway, uh, going back to the festival. So one of my other goals, like, my crazy, crazy goals... Was to have my music played at a festival. So I literally looked up people... Who are playing at all the biggest festivals across Europe. So Rehab, Dimitri Vegas and Life Mike. Mine. Uh, guy called Pete Starzook and like lots and lots of other people. And I emailed all of them and I literally said hey look. I've never put out music before. But I have this song. It's in Ada Cancer Research UK. We have an amazing remix by class. It would mean the world to me if you could play it. During one of your shows, and wow. Well, the track, considering it was this was my first ever project, ended up being supported by Rehab, Dimitri Vegas, and like Mike, Pete, Star-Zug, Um and quite a few other big people. It ended up being played at one of the stages of Tomorrowland and Ultra, and like. I was lost for words, I still am, like just thinking about it right now is making me like, what the hell, how did I achieve that, but. If someone says to you, the sky's the limit, just call them on bullshit, because like, there is a whole world out there, there's a whole universe out there, you can achieve literally anything you want, and so, if you want to be one of the biggest producers of all time, if you want to be one of the biggest singers of all time, go for it. Write down a list of some absolutely incredible achievements that you'd one day love to do. And literally just create a step-by-step plan of how to get that. And go and actually execute on it. Because if you're good enough, like if if you suck shit at what you do, chances are you're not going to get anywhere. Like, that's just facts. I'm not going to dumb it down. But like, if you're good enough, then there's no reason why you won't achieve it. You've just got to put in the work. You've got to have the patience, because it may take, in my case, a couple months. It may take a year, two years, three years, five years, ten years, whatever. But if you're good enough, it'll happen. And so, yeah, I think one of the things you've got to understand is... The only limit to your success is... What do you impose on yourself? If you only say to yourself that you can only achieve so much, you'll only achieve that. It's quite simple. But if you have the confidence, if you have the belief to say that you can achieve literally anything, then you're going to do a lot better than expected in terms of success, in terms of how well you're doing, in terms of happiness, and that's really important. Like right now, somewhere in the United States, there is a 8-year-old kid, a 10-year-old kid, whatever, who will go on to be the future president of the United States. Right now, there is a dude grinding in his garage who will go on to build the next trillion dollar company. These people are successful for one reason, well a couple, but like they all have big ambitions and they're all prepared to put the work in, to put the effort in, and to fight for what they want to do. Are you willing to do the same? That's what you got to ask yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you aim higher in life, in your ambitions... The probability is that you'll end up a lot further than you think. That's just how it is. I don't know how quite how else to say it. Going back to my ambitions, I recently created a new list of ambitions because like That previous list of obviously having my music played at festivals, being in the top 40, I've already achieved that. And so about a couple months ago, I created a new list of things which would be absolutely incredible for me to someday achieve. I'm going to write them out. I'm going to just say them for you. Um, So I want to visit every single country in the world which kind of explains why I'm putting myself in the travel industry. I get free travel, which therefore means I can uh, visit more places. Like, that's pretty self-explanatory. I also want to meet the Australian and New Zealand Prime Ministers at the time. Like, it may not be Jacinda Ardern and Scott Morrison, I'm sure it'll be somebody different, but I'd like to meet the sitting Prime Ministers of those countries. Um, I'd like to accumulate over 1 million total followers across social media. That will happen within the next 12 months. I'm pretty confident about that. Uh, what else have we got? To accumulate a net worth of over a million dollars. Again, that'll happen, I'd say within the next couple of years. Um, like, <coughs> oh wow, like a really dry throat at the moment, um, and I've just got a couple of other things, but at the end of the day, I'm aiming pretty high. I've achieved quite a lot within the three, four years that I've been in the music industry, And there is no way that I'm giving up right now. I'm only going to get bigger, I'm only going to get better, and I'm only going to be even more successful. Which is why, like, I think there is a probable chance that I will one day end up running for office. Because if I'm able to achieve everything I want in the entertainment industry within 10-15 years... That gives me another 40 or 50 to, like, play with and find a way to accomplish even bigger things. And so, becoming one of the most powerful people in the world would definitely be on my list of things, which would be incredible to do. Yeah. And it's not for the sake of becoming Prime Minister or just having that job title. It's because I'd be able to make a difference much more easily. I think... Now, whether it is becoming president, prime minister, or whether it's by a different vehicle, I don't know. But, like, I will always aim bigger and better, and I will always make sure that it aligns with my ambitions of what I want to do long term, because ultimately that's what matters to me. Like, if I'm able to make a change in my life, in people's lives, thousands of millions of people's lives, then if that means I've got to become Prime Minister to do it, then so be it. Yeah, that's pretty my how it is. But I'm not there yet. Um, I've got no intentions to getting properly into politics for at least a couple of decades, so we don't have to worry about that yet. I can imagine right now, all the people from high school. Actually, yeah, let's talk about that. So, I remember being in science class. I think this is probably the class I most remember people making fun of me in. And it was with the teacher called Mr. Craven. Uh, and... I basically was like, to everybody, because I had so much audacity at the time, like, I had so much ambition and I still do, which is why I think I'm going to achieve all these amazing things. And I was just like, yeah, one day I'm going to make a successful career from my music career, I'm going to have thousands of followers, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and Everybody laughed me out the room, every, including the teachers, right? And then, slowly but surely, they started to realise, oh shit, he may actually do it. I think that started when they just started noticing my work ethic, like, instead of going out to clubs, instead of getting drunk every Friday, Saturday, whatever. I was at home, I was working, I was grinding. Whilst all of them were wasting their money, I was getting money. And I was just doing my passion every single day for the rest of my life. And that's what I've been doing ever since. A lot of them at the time laughed me out the room. But actually, a couple weeks ago, I was walking through my hometown back in the UK. I'm not going to say any names right now, but one of the people in my science class at the time approached me. And we basically had like two, three minute chat in the middle of the high street. You know, as you do when you see someone you know. And they were like, Matt, i got to be honest with you. I really didn't think you'd make it. I really thought that you were full of shit. I really did. And they go on to say, but look. You followed your dream, you followed what you were good at, and it seems to have worked out for you. I can only respect that. And yeah, like, the fact that people... Look, I had big audacity right at the time. I can understand why people were laughing at me. But I think now, the fact that they're realising, oh shit, he's actually doing well for himself. And I've actually gone and achieved all of what I set out to do, like, already. They're realising, oh shit, he may actually be really, really successful one day. Because, for example, getting thousands of followers. I have 120,000 followers on Facebook right now. Uh, being able to travel well for my music career well. I've already been to the USA, Canada. Uh, I'm in Australia right now. Uh, going to Singapore, Malaysia, New Zealand, and so many other places. All off the back of my music career. And just simply working hard. Uh, What else? You get the idea. Basically, I put in the work and I didn't waver from my dreams. Because... I was just prepared to do what I wanted to do. And I wasn't prepared to sacrifice it for anything. I was listening to a podcast actually the other day with... Thomas from Yes Theory, if you haven't checked out their YouTube channel, I definitely recommend it. They basically do loads of activities which make them seek discomfort. And I just love that phrase so much. And one of the things he said was that people are sheep. You say that you want to be... A successful within the entertainment industry. You want to do this, you want to do that. And they shoot you down. Not because they think that you can't do it. But they put you down because they were afraid to chase their own dreams. So they don't want you to achieve yours. That was basically what he said. I can't remember exactly how he said it. Actually, let's put it. What's the episode called? I'm not going to play it, obviously, on this podcast. But, like, you can find it. Let me just go to Spotify, because that's where I listen to it on. There we go. It was on the Colin and Samir podcast on October 8th. So definitely check that out. It's about 43 minutes long, I think, something like that. So, yeah. Definitely check that out. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something like that. And I just totally agree with it. So many people are afraid to chase their own dreams, and so they shoot other people's dreams down, because they were just too afraid to chase their own. And that's quite sad, really. It definitely is. Yeah. What minute are we at? 47 minutes! Wow, okay, that's not too bad. Let's get into the Q&A, I guess. I'm gonna try and keep this under an hour, because... Right now, it's 6 o'clock and I'm getting hungry. So, now we're going to get into the Q&A. As I said earlier, feel free to send me any questions. My email is in the description of this episode and I'll make sure I use some of them for a future podcast. So, literally, it can be about anything. I mean, at the moment, it's mainly like travel and marketing questions. But if you just have any like life questions you want to ask, relationship questions, travel questions, marketing—literally anything you want—you're more than welcome to ask. Because I like a little bit of variety, I always think that's good. So the first question is from Jack, currently in Delaware, USA. I've act- oh, actually, I was in Delaware a couple months back, back in June great place. I was in, uh, where was it? Wilmington. I was travelling from Philadelphia down to I want to say DC. Yeah, DC. Philly to DC. And uh, we stopped in Wilmington for like lunch. Seemed like a great place. Don't know whereabouts in Delaware you are, but seems like a cool place. Um, And he basically says, look, Matt, I don't know what to do with my life. My parents want me to go to college, but I don't... But I don't know what I want to study. Any tips? Okay. So I have quite a strong view on education. Well, the college system. Education, I think, is great, but the college system definitely needs a little bit of work. Because there's lots of people who are unaware of what they want to do in life. And so they go to college thinking it's a normal thing to do, it's the right sort of progression from high school or whatever. And so they go to college, they amass $100,000, $200,000 worth of student debt, whatever, for everyone, it's a little bit different. And they waste their time. Put simply. Because they end up, going into something completely different. I know people who went into college for business and ended up doing something in sport. I know people who went in for journalism and ended up doing something I don't know, catering or whatever. And so I think if you know what you want to do in life, if you know exactly what you want to do, and it requires a degree or whatever then yes go for it please do it I think that it would in the long run it's a good idea Uh, for example being a doctor it's generally the case that you need to go to medical school in order to become a qualified doctor that may change in the next 10 years or so but right now that's how it is you just got to accept it however If you don't want to go and do something like that, so for example, if you want to become an entrepreneur or a musician, I definitely think that you don't need to go to college for that because ultimately the information is available online that you'd be learning in college anyway, for example. I got offered to go to one of the most prestigious music universities in the United Kingdom, in Europe, actually. And... A lot of the content was like music publishing. It was for music business. And the content was like music publishing, how to promote tracks and whatever. And I don't need to know. Well, obviously I need to learn that. But I can learn that online easy. Okay, yeah, sure, I won't have the piece of paper. But at the end of the day, you got to remember, most places of the startup, digital economy, freelancing economy, whatever. Much prefer experience over a piece of paper saying that you have a degree. I'll give you an example. Uh, let's have a look. Sales, right? Sales. Nice, easy. Everybody knows what it is. Everyone can relate to it. Would... Let's say you're a sales manager hiring somebody for a position within a store, right? Would you rather... Now, we're not going to get into a kinky game of would you rather, trust me. Would you rather have somebody who has a piece of paper saying that they know information about sales? Would you rather hire them? Or, alternatively, would you rather hire the other candidate who constantly sells things on eBay, who has a good knowledge of supply and demand, is able to use consumer psychology to be able to generate the sale, deploy empathy against the customer to ensure that the sale closes? You get the idea. Like, would you rather employ someone who has a piece of paper or someone with a little bit of experience within the same field? Like, 95% of businesses would probably go for the person with experience. However, I do realise that some, not old businesses, but businesses who are... A bit much of a tourist. they're struggling to get ahead with the times. They may still go for the person with the degree, but I'd say certainly in the businesses that I've seen, that I've worked with, they'd much rather have people with experience. That's how it is. And so Jack, it depends what you want to do. If you want to be a doctor or a vet or something like that, definitely go to college. But if your information can be learned from the internet... And you don't necessarily need that of paper, then I really wouldn't think that it's worth the student debt. So that's my view. Obviously, everyone's entitled their opinion. You may disagree with me, but that's what I think. Next question. Right, who we got here? That one's... Let's go for this one. guy called Jesper. He's currently... Amsterdam, over in the Netherlands. Great, great place. Absolutely love it. What's it saying? Right. I'm trying to grow on following on Facebook, but the organic reach sucks. Instagram is much better. Which is better to focus on? <laughs> I love this question. Um, let's start with organic reach. Let's explain that. Currently, Facebook is up 1-2%. to Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but that's a generally accepted figure. Instagram is 30 to 40%. I think it's around that number. But as you know, it's owned by Facebook, and ultimately it's a free platform, and as it gets even more users, it's just a foregone conclusion that the organic reach will drop to similar levels to Facebook. It may not be one to two, it may be like, 5-10 to but it will drop and so focusing on a platform solely based on the organic reach is a completely ludicrous thing that only an idiot would do the reason I mean I do have a bias towards Facebook I'm going to put that out there the reason why I focused on Facebook was because of the ad platform I admit that The organic reach on Facebook is not amazing. Like, it is not the best organic reach out there. At the moment, Instagram does have better organic reach. I am totally admitting to that. But the app platform is truly spectacular. Literally, when growing an audience, I can target people who live in a 25km radius of Auckland City Centre who have an interest in travel, So let's say I work with a travel company in New Zealand, right, as a part of a brand deal or whatever. I can literally target those people on Facebook and ultimately convert that into likes, comments, shares, sales, whatever the hell I want. Because the targeting platform is just so sophisticated. Now, Instagram does also have a targeting platform, but it's not as good. And so right now, I would focus on... It depends what you're into, I guess. Like, it depends what type of content you're doing. I definitely think that you shouldn't only focus on one platform, though. I really think that's a stupid thing to do. That's like the reason why I have an Instagram account, Travel Guide Australia, Um, why I have a great, great Facebook page, why I have the podcast, why I have a website, why I have a blog, because I'm not reliant on one platform, I know that if one goes to shit, then I still have many backups, whilst there's a lot of people who only focus on their Instagram page, only focus on their Instagram growth. And then when Instagram goes tits up in a month, two months, six months, whatever, they'll be fucked. They'll be fucked right up the ass. And so, yeah, I think you should focus on more than one platform. It depends on the type of content you're making, though. Like, focus on both platforms. I'm going to say that now. And definitely boost posts. Definitely... Use Facebook ads, Instagram ads to help grow your audience. Because ultimately, that will just help you build brand, build leverage, whatever. Uh, Because like even with a... I'm going to be straight up honest with you. On my Facebook page, I boost some of my posts. Because the... I mean, let's have a look. Let's do the math right now. My organic reach is about 2% normally. At 120,000 followers, that's 2,400 people. On average, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but that's generally what it is. And so for some posts, I am more than happy to boost it. For example, my vlogs and stuff. I'll boost it to my target audience, because I know that my target audience, even though they're not already fans of me, it's content that they will want to watch, they will want to check out. And quite often, I'll end up siphoning a little bit of audience from that. Um, For example, it may get 50,000 views, and I'll end up with, like, 500 extra followers just off the back of that one video. So, yeah, I definitely think that's a great thing to do. Uh, Also, like, if you're a travel account, for example, my Travel Australia account is based like on photos around Australia, New Zealand, and parts of Indonesia, and also Fiji, so basically Oceania. Um, Instagram is a visual platform, and so if you're posting just constant visual content photos, then yes. Focus on Instagram, but don't... Ignore Facebook, still spend some time on building a Facebook presence. If I were you, I'd look at similar pages. For example, Lad Adventure, they have an Instagram account and a Facebook page. And so if you're a travel account, I'd be looking at the type of content they're posting on Facebook and create a similar strategy to that. And so, Jesper, to answer you, it totally depends on what you want to do, but don't just focus on what platform. And don't just focus on one thing because of the organic reach, because that's a stupid thing to do. <sighs> I'm losing my voice. Wow. Well, we're on an hour. down. Okay, last question. Uh, from Ella, currently living in... the do- Oh! Okay, uh, Darwin, Australia, awesome, Northern Territory, Australia crew, let's go. Um, Yeah, so, I want to become a travel influencer, I love going on vacation, but I don't know where to start. Do I approach brands straight away, or should I build up an audience? This is a cool question, I really like it. So, you want to be a travel influencer, I really should get people on a call and do it in that way. Might do that for a couple of episodes. We'll see how it goes. Um, But, like, if you want to be a travel influencer, as I said on the previous question, Instagram, 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 definitely pay a lot of attention of how to go on Instagram. Uh, So, hashtag, shoutouts, collaborations, running story ads, running sponsored posts, boosting posts... All of that will work, Um, it depends on the numbers you want to get to but remember that it is a very slow process a lot of the time. So definitely focus on Instagram and also focus on Facebook, if I were you for each platform I'd get about 10 pieces of content and then look at trying to grow your audience from that because if people go to your page and they see you've got nothing there, they're not going to follow you, but if they see you've got some cool content already, chances are they'll give you a quick follow. Um, so yeah, get some content up first, and then look at marketing your profiles. Uh, if I were you, so for Instagram, I'd generate relationships with as many travel curation pages as possible. So Beautiful Destinations is a good one, New Lad Adventure, Lens Bible... Uh, Gone Outdoors, Outside Project, basically uh, as many accounts, like whether it's 200, 300, 400, 500 accounts, whatever, which have an interest in travel, and try to generate relationships with them, because ultimately they could probably end up following you if you become good friends on Insta. They see your content, they like it, they feature you, you get followers. Or just simply ask them for a post, but like, I don't think that's an as good way to go long term. Also, running ads, uh, paying meme pages and stuff, or curation pages for shell ads on like story or feed posts that works. That's, if you've got money, that's a great way to go about it. Uh, Facebook, I'd say get some posts up and run a shit ton of ads. I think if you have $100, $200 spare, that's the best thing to do. So, for example, if you want to build up an audience in Australia and New Zealand on Facebook, which is similar to what I'm doing, you can literally target people who live in Australia and New Zealand who have an interest in travel in these age ranges, who speak this language, whatever, whatever, whatever. Whack in your budget, create a great piece of content which appears in their feed, and then they can follow you. I mean, my conversion rate is about 10 to 15% of the total reach, which is pretty decent. Um, So, yeah, just basically do that. And then once you have a brand build up of our name, I say, once you get to about 10,000 on a platform, you can start approaching brands then, because it's like a trade. If you're getting free stuff, or if you're getting money to promote a brand, then they expect something in return, and if you have zero audience, they don't see a return on that. So try and get to 10,000 as a benchmark, and then basically collaborate with brands as much as possible, like, if you send out a hundred emails, chances are you'll get like one or two saying yes, so it's definitely a numbers game, that's how it is, some may see it and ignore you, some may not even see it, and some will be like, oh yeah, I'd love to collaborate with this girl, and so yeah, it just totally depends on, uh, the quality of your content, and how well you're able to grow And whilst doing those brand deals, collaborate with influencers in your local area on every single platform that you can possibly do. Because ultimately, the more following you get, the more you can charge for a post or the better brand deals you get. And again, it just goes into a giant snowball effect. (sighs) I hope that answers your question. So yeah, that's basically the end of this episode. Well, that won't be at now. Right, one hour, six minutes. Wow, these episodes are definitely a lot better, and it just gives me a chance to talk so much more. Um, I'm gonna do a lot of inf- interviews actually over the coming weeks. If you want me to interview a particular guest, I don't really mind their following as long as they're up for a decent chat. Or if you just want to come on yourself for a chat, chances are it will have to be on Skype. Uh, simply because, unless you're in Australia or New Zealand or Southeast Asia, I can probably get to you in person. Um, but, like, yeah, otherwise it'll be, like, Skype chat, I'll record it, I'll make sure it goes up. I, I'd like to have conversations of 30 minutes to an hour, maybe a little bit more. But, like, let's say 30 minutes 45 is a benchmark. So if you know anyone who would think, who you think would be a great 50 for, epi- for an episode... Or if you want to come on yourself, feel free to send me an email. All my info is in the description of this episode. Before I leave you, I just want to ask you a question. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, at each episode, I'm just gonna give you like a question of the day type thing. And so, this episode, my question of the day to you, my audience, is. What is your definition of success? Send me an email, send me a DM on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Let me know what your definition of success is. I'd love to hear it. And I'll probably read out a couple in a future episode. So definitely let me know what your definition of success is. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, feel free to leave your honest feedback as a rating on iTunes or your favourite platform. Don't leave any hate, instead, I prefer constructive criticism because that allows me to progress to improve. And yeah, if you do leave a rating, positive or negative, just send a screenshot to mattlillywhite at the no, sorry, matt at the I'll be sure to give you some love. And yeah, have an awesome day, see you soon, and keep crushing it. See ya.